Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. We have a theme here at Ablaze for the full year. If you look over there on the wall, it says, or on the big screen, first things. Throughout the month of January, I have been in a series called First Things for the Church. It all started out with a prayer by Jesus. Do you realize that Jesus prayed for us, the church? The church is not not a building. It's made up of people. You people are the church. And Jesus prayed that we would celebrate his glory. That means acknowledge everything he has given to us. Parents acknowledging little babies, jobs, spouses, children, everything is a gift from God. That's how we celebrate his glory. Jesus also prayed for us that we as a church would be grounded, rooted in the Bible, the word of God, the law and the prophets. Jesus also prayed that we as a church, would perforate the world. That is, that is penetrate the world. That Christians would go forth from church building and the gathering and make a difference in the world, in their marriage, in their family, in their neighborhood. And we would make that difference with love. Jesus prayed that we would imitate his love. And love is sacrificial, folks. Love puts someone else before themselves. Love says, hey, I'll stand on the essentials. But when it comes to diversity that we all are so diverse, hey, charity and love in that. But we stand on the word of God and Jesus is God Almighty. Last week, I spoke to all of you about love being sacrificial, meaning love is not love until you give it away. And it is our God who says, put me first in this way. Return to me a portion of what I've given to you. Do you realize everything you have is from God? That's how you glorify him. And when we return to God first fruits, not last fruits, he says, I will bless you. Test me in this, says the Lord. Well, today I finish up this series on first things first in the church. And I want you to know that I'm going to reduce (laughs) this book, the word of God, and what it means to be a Christian to four words. Love God and love others. Now, where does that come from? It comes from the very words of Jesus. So let's take a closer look at those words of Jesus. Open up that Bible with me once again to Matthew 22. And let's take a closer look at these words. But when the Pharisees heard that the Sadducees had been silenced, (laughs) they gathered together. Now, let me kind of explain that to you. The Pharisees and the Sadducees did not get along. They were enemies. 
And it is Jesus who just silenced the Sadducees about the resurrection. And now the Pharisees were going to take a jab at Jesus. Have you ever heard this saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend? (laughs) Well, the Pharisees and Sadducees were enemies, but boy, they came together when they tried to attack Jesus. 35, and one of them, a lawyer, (laughs) asked him a question to test him. Notice, to test him. And I can't resist, you know, a lawyer. (laughs) A joke about a lawyer, of course. Now, if you're a lawyer here today or if you're listening online, I apologize. But the disdain for a lawyer back then was pretty high, as sometimes today it is. But there were these two lawyers that were walking together discussing a case. And they both stopped and one looked at the other and says, let's just be totally honest with each other. The other one looked and says, that's a great idea. Let's just be honest with each other. You start. (laughs) Dead silence. That ended the conversation. (laughs) Why? Because they couldn't be honest with each other. They were silenced. Well, it is Jesus who silenced not only those Sadducees, but he also silenced the Pharisees with truth, with the word of God. Because the only thing that will silence a lie is the truth. And Jesus was the truth. So this lawyer comes to him to test him. And listen to what he says. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Notice singular, not commandments. Which is the first great commandment in the law? Now, I'd like to share with you a little history about uh, Jewish or rabbinical law. Do you realize the Jewish nation had 613 commandments? I don't know about you, I have trouble with 10, but they had 613. They had 248 commandments about positive things that we should do. Do this and do that. An example would be, be kind to a neighbor. Hmm. Or love your neighbor, that's positive. And then they had 365 commandments corresponding to 365 days in the year, negative commandments. Do not be rude to your neighbor. Do not lie, you might say. Okay, so they had 613 commandments. This expert in the law, 613, comes up to Jesus like, boy, I'm going to get him. Hey, Jesus, which is the great commandment? I'm going to say out of 613. And notice the response of Jesus. And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great 
Notice what he says. He adds the great and first commandment. Now, if you were a Sadducee or a Pharisee at this time, every morning when you got up and every evening when you went to bed, you said what is called the great Shema. What is the great Shema? It is the words of Moses found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4, and 5. Hear, O Israel. Now, I'm going to emphasize that one more time. Hear, O Israel. What the Pharisees and the Sadducees had a problem with was hearing God. Jesus said, you know, they have ears and they don't hear. The great Shema that they said every morning, every evening, they weren't listening to. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God, our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. All three of you. You have a body, soul, and mind. You are triune. You are created in the image of God. That means you are three, but yet one. And when it comes to loving God, it has to be 100% of you. But then it continues the great Shema. This command must be in your heart. Hmm. You see, these Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus with hate in their heart. They saw him as Beelzebub. The least they should have done is loved him as a neighbor, been kind to him as a neighbor. But they couldn't even do that. They weren't even hearing what the Lord said. Because the 613 commandments dealt, yes, with God, but your neighbor. And how you should respect and love your neighbor. That is why Jesus wraps it up like this. 38, this is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. He was reminding them of how you group the 613 laws together into two commandments. Love God, love others. And you're not even loving others because you don't even love me. They wanted to kill Jesus, who was a Jewish person, who was a neighbor. And they were so evil in their heart. Remember the words of Jesus? Whatever you do to these, the least, you do unto me. The great Shema included that. But they weren't, see, to hear God is to obey God. To obey God is to hear God. And they weren't even hearing what God said through Moses. Verse 39. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now notice this. On these two commandments depend all the law of the prophets and the prophets. Another way of saying it. Everything in this book. Everything from Genesis to Revelation depend on these two things, loving God and loving others. 
Everything you need to know about being a Christian rests on these two things. Love God, love others. Everything a church should know about itself or everything the Christian church is about. You ready? Four words. Love God, love others. First things first. Now, I said from the beginning in January that this is a very visual series. Remember, here's a building with a steeple, open the doors, see the church made up of people. Well, today I have a big object lesson for us adults. I have <laughs> a wheel. Good job. <laughs> it is a bicycle wheel. But I want this bicycle wheel to represent your life, your world. And I want you to imagine yourself being a spoke. Okay? When you were born, every little baby originates from God. The hub is where everything originates in our world. God. And the day you were born... You were set free, you might say, from God on your own, and you go out from God. Why? Because of your sinful nature that Dr. Spomer spoke about, even in a little baby. You don't have to teach him to sin. Remember Adam and Eve in the garden? They sinned. What did they do? They hid from God. And God had to go looking for them. In your life, as you grow, you walk away from God. But there is a limit that God has set in your life, a darkness out there in your life. It's 120 years, and you are going to die. That's God's limit. The further you get away from God, the further you get away from other people. And it's in this outer rim that you think that's life. But it is God who comes to us through word, and sacrament ministry, through preaching, and through the Christian church that loves, that God reaches out and draws people back to the hub himself. Listen to the words of Jesus. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Listen to the words of Jesus. No one comes to me unless the Father draws him to me. Through word and sacrament ministry, God gets us to turn around, to repent from looking at the world to looking back at him, God Almighty, the originator. And we do that through repentance. And when we repent through the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, we now not focus outward, we focus on God. And when God draws you close to him and you love him, with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, the first and great commandment, you come this way, back to God. And what is unavoidable, if you are a spoke, notice how the spokes crisscross. The closer you get to God, the closer you're going to get to others. In fact, if you could see this clearly, they cross out here. But when you get real close to the hub, when you get real close to God, you're going to get close to others. And you have to love them.
That's God's plan for the Christian church, to love God with all your body, soul, and mind. And you can't help it. You got to love others as you love yourself. Let me put it in a way. If you don't love others, you can't love God. If you love God, you must love others because you will be drawn close to them. That's what the church is all about. Look how close we are. (laughs) Yeah, and through the church and the administration of God's word and sacrament, that's God's plan of changing the world because you are the salt and the light of the world with your love. Let me tell you how I read about that just this past week. I read about a woman, maybe you even know somebody like this, whose husband was diagnosed with cancer at a very young age. They had three young children in the home. The wife was raising the three young children. The husband was the breadwinner and he was diagnosed with cancer. And this woman related the story that she was strong for the family, strong for her husband. Even though it was devastating news, terminal cancer, she said she would not allow herself to break down unless she was in the shower or a closet. Ever broken down? She said another oasis to break down, to cry and have it out with God would be in her car in an empty parking lot. When her husband died of that cancer, her oasis really boiled down to herself in a parking lot. When the grief would come, the crying would come, and she'd have it out with God. Have you ever been there? She said that one day she was in line to get coffee, and there was a car behind her and a car before her, and the grief came, the sorrow came. The crying, uncontrollable, came, and she didn't know what to do because her oasis was to be in a parking lot with her car, not in line for coffee, and she lost it. What do you do? She just moved forward, and when she paid for her iced coffee, and the young girl who noticed her gave her that coffee She received it, and when she looked down, written on top of the lid were these words, we love you, and a big heart. This woman said, at that moment, I knew I wasn't alone. At that moment, I knew somebody saw me, and somebody knew what I needed. And when I read that lid, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding came upon me. And I could go on. You see, the love of God comes through us. We are his hands, his feet, his voice here on earth. And if we love him with all our body, soul, and mind, guess what? We got to love, notice, and understand the needs of other people. And we need to love them. You see, the key, the lock nut of the hub is love. Joy is love singing. Do you sing? 
when you come to church? Yeah, I hope so. Joy is love singing. Peace is love at rest. Patience is love enduring others and being that with God and his will. Goodness (laughs) is love's character. Kindness is love's touch. Faithfulness is love's clothes. Self-control is love holding the reins. Listen to the words of C.S. Lewis. God does not love us because we are so lovable. But because he is love. Hmm. What are you going to take with you today? I want you to say, I can wrap up what it means to be a Christian, what it means, the law and the prophets, what it means to be part of a church with these four words. Love God. Love others. That's first things first for the church. You and me. We love because he first loved us. Amen.